Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This season is all about intentional comfort, and we'll be taking a look at the crossroads of the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring more comfort and joy to your everyday. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 298 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. In this episode, I am so excited to be sharing an interview with Amy Bernhardt of Mimi's Little Lovies. Amy started this delightful company after disability and chronic illness forced her to stop teaching and working with young children. With the loving help and guidance of her sister, she then created what has now become the everyday bib that she sells at Mimi's Little Lovies and also blossomed into an amazing full set of beautiful handmade items for children and for home. I just love Amy's story so much because she shares how she got to the point of realizing that she could no longer work in a job that she loved so much and that she followed the beautiful curious through line of what comes next when the thing that you love is no longer something that you can do. And of course, for her, it became an amazing opportunity for her to get creative and craft something that she loves to do and to build a community around that in a new way. So before we get to this interview, I want to wish you all a very warm welcome and say that I am so glad that you are here. And I hope you're loving these conversations about comfort and joy as much as I am. It has been such a treat as we move from season six, where we were talking, of course, all about the messy middle and how we were kind of stuck in that hard place, but still finding joy to now talk about how we can find comfort in our lives in an intentional way. So it's not numbing out and it's not just sitting and watching Netflix, (laughs) but it's How do we ease into comfort and joy and ease for our lives in a meaningful way? If you want to find out more about the show, of course, you can head on over to the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And there you will find 297 other episodes under the podcast tab. And if you're new to podcasting and you found this on my website, you can also search for Jumpstart Your Joy on any podcasting app that you probably already have installed on your mobile phone. And you just go in, you search for Jumpstart Your Joy, and then you hit the follow button so you continue to get these weekly updates just downloaded automatically to your mobile device. (laughs) So a little bit more about Amy before we jump right into the discussion. Amy now runs Mimi's Little Lovies with Dan, which is her partner in life and business. They live in central Maine with their family, and they love to explore farmer's markets, watch sports, and cook and bake. Amy just launched her website at Mimi'sLittleLovies.com, and you can purchase all of these items that you'll hear about over there, whereas you used to have to go and visit her in person in Bangor, Maine. (laughs) I think you're really going to love hearing about how Amy was inspired by all of the gifts of her grandmother and how the role of her family and gathering with family as a child has been a through line through her entire life. She'll talk about it as one of her earliest sparks of joy. And I love that at the end of the interview, she's also reflecting about how gathering with people is so deeply meaningful and how caring for a community and offering an extension of that loving spirit of gathering to those people that live around you is also so deeply meaningful. I just can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Amy Bernhardt. Thank you. I'm 
very excited and honored to be here. I'm so glad that you could, that we get to connect in this way because I really do love your products and I love Mimi's little lovies and we have some napkins that we just can't, can't get enough of here. So it's exciting to have you come on and talk about your story and your business and everything that you do. So the first thing that I like to ask everyone is what were your earliest sparks of joy? What brought you joy as a child? The very first thing that I think of when you say that it just pops in my head one word and that's dogs. I'm a consummate animal lover, but dogs have forever had my heart. And it's funny because I didn't have a dog when I was little. My mother is afraid of dogs, but I just have always loved them. And um, they have always brought me joy. My rescue beagle mix is laying next to me and they are etched in my memory as the thing that I was drawn to. And my cousins, being with my cousins on both sides of my family, there's 10 of us on my mom's side and 16 of us on my dad's side. That's a big family. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is a big family. Yeah. So we had adventures on both sides of the family. My mom's family's Lebanese and my grandmother, we called her Situ and my grandfather was Jiddu and they owned a restaurant, a Lebanese restaurant. Mm. And so all of us would take great delight in being able to go in the back door of the restaurant through the kitchen and sit at the family table and be allowed to get ourselves sodas from a soda fountain and just the things that we were allowed to do and mm -hmm. have these wonderful experiences in the restaurant. And in sharp contrast, my dad's parents had this family farm on land that had been owned for generations by my grandmother's family. And along with my uncle, who is four years older than I am, we would just run through the fields and play in the barn. And then my grandmother would call us all in and we would have dinner that was just everything that had been pulled from the fields that day. And so it was just always these wonderful adventures that we had. And those are the memories that I have as a child that just fill me with joy. Just talking about it right now. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like there's such a beautiful connection with family and mm. I don't know that special time. I remember even with my, I didn't know one side of my grand, my grandparents, they'd both passed away before I was born, mm. but my mom's mom, which is Pauline, who's who I'm named after. Yeah. Like just that special feeling of being seen and heard and delighted in I'm getting goosebumps, but like, yeah. the, I think only grandparents or maybe there's other people, but grandparents are for sure, especially good at it. And it is really a special thing for a child to feel that and to know that they are so cherished. Mm, I feel like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps too. Cause I feel like this ties in so beautifully with some of what you do now with Mimi's Little Lovies, would you like to, to introduce us to what you do and what your business is? Yeah, sure. I think it does really tie in well, actually. So when I was thinking about how I started Mimi's Little Lovies, it was like, oh my gosh, there's so much sadness and then joy in 
the mm. beginning of the business, I was recently separated, having left a very unhealthy relationship. My health was failing. I was very, very sick. And I had just been forced out of a job, actually my last real job, teaching two-year-olds in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And my sister had just given birth to my oldest nephew. And I was completely adrift, just very personally lost, searching for an identity. And I was staying with my sister and brother-in-law. And the one thing that I knew was how to take care of children. It was what I had done professionally. And so my sister and brother-in-law were like, yes, come stay with us, please. Because they had this little newborn. And I was really, when I was taking care of Kay, my nephew, I could focus. I had purpose. And I was like, okay, this is okay. Everything's going to be okay. But otherwise, I was like, I don't know what to do. I am, I, what am I going to do with my life? And everything felt like it was falling apart. And my sister also has chronic health problems and chronic pain. And so she was kind of watching this saying, okay, like how much do I let her kind of go through this? And when do I bring her back? And she did that thing that I think only close family can do. She kind of waited. And then one day when I had my nephew Kay in the high chair and I was feeding him. I had this bib on and I was like, this is the worst bib. It's terrible. Look at it. It's so awful. And she was like, okay, then stop, just stop. And she said, you need to just stop all of this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, I am done with you just moping and feeling sorry for yourself. You are more than this. You can stay here as long as you need. You know that. But what you're going to do is you're going to make something better than this bib. And I was like, what do you, she was like, no, you're going to, this is your project. And she was like, stop complaining and make a better bib. That's, that's going to be your project. And the, one of the few things that I had brought with me when I left my marriage was my sewing machine. And my Grammy, Bernhardt, had taught me how to sew, bought some fabric, and I sat down. And it, there was a really funny assortment of bibs that I made at first. My, you can see the progression with my nephew and yeah. these bibs that didn't fit and they were like funny. <laughs> so, and then the result is what we call our everyday bib. And it's mm. what we sell now. I'm very, very proud of it. I think that it's an excellent product. We've been selling it now for several years because it got to a point where my sister said, we don't need an, any more bibs. We have so many bibs. Right. You should, you should sell these. And I said, what? Yeah. That was really how it started. Yeah. Wow. Amy, that got me. That's a beautiful story. And I do love that you said, it's like one of those things that only those people who are closest and mm. love us the most can really can do in a, in, in a special way, in a loving way, but also it's that, I mean, it's not really tough love even. It's just like, 
Hey, I see you. And, and I know there's something else here for you. And that's like, so beautiful. And I can relate to the story because I think, well, one, <laughs> my son was a total drooler. I think I told you that at one point, like, <laughs> and I was also someone making bibs. Yeah. Like we had to make those several layers because there was so much drool. He's grown out of it, thankfully, but at 11 and <laughs> the other piece, <laughs> the other piece of that is, is, uh, I mean, I found my way to this work in a kind of one of those similar, really difficult moments where I knew that there was almost the words that your sister said was what hit me. It was like, I know there's something more than this. Mm. And that's when I was working through PTSD and trying to figure out, okay, what's next? Like, this isn't yeah. who I am. I don't know. I don't even really recognize myself. So what is this? And there's that thing. And I feel like some of that might be a little bit like, that's, that's like the inklings of joy, like saying, there's more. Yeah. There, this isn't it. This is yep. not all. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I thank you so much for sharing that story because I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm I'm betting there's a lot of people who maybe see could see parts of themselves in that story even right now. I mean, people have been through so much in the last two years that maybe if you're listening, maybe there's what what's your bib? <laughs> what yeah. is that thing that you could start to dig into and just make your project because that, that's so beautiful. I don't know if you, do you want to share a little bit more about Mimi's and like, how did you come up with that name and what are little lovies and like, can you share a yeah. little bit more about that? Sure. Well, it's funny because people come up to, I do a lot of in-person sales and such, and that's how we got going. And people come up and they say, who's Mimi? What? And I say, that's me. I'm Mimi. And they're expecting like a grandma. And my mother helps a lot and she has completely white hair and they're like, Oh, and it's like, yeah, no, it's, and like I said, I, my, my professional working days were always with children and I was a nanny for years and I worked, um, in childcare, always with children, uh, three and under. And there was particularly special, uh, little girl who I nannied for, mm -hmm. And she couldn't say Amy. And she called me Mimi, Mimi, Mimi. And it kind of stuck as a nickname. Mm -hmm. um, so when I worked with kiddos, it was one of those things that if they didn't call me Amy, I'd say, you can call me Mimi. I'm Mimi. So when I was searching for a name for the business, I, I thought, we have to use Mimi somehow. And I think the loveys are kind of twofold there. I have a stepson, he's 12 and he's been a part of my life since he was five. And he's such a huge part of my life as are my nephews. The three boys are, they're my everything, but I don't have any child that I've raised from birth. The kiddos that I worked with, I always said, like, they're my kiddos. They're my lovies. You're all my lovies. And so that also, I think, was a nod to the work that I left that I knew after a period of time, like, I can't go back there. It's just not something that's a physical reality for me. And it, so I think in putting that in the business name, it was honoring that piece of me and are the things that I make are also kind of loveys in of themselves. Mm 
They're all kind of a piece of me going out to your lovies. And so it's a piece of my heart. That, I love that very much. And I'm thinking too, that sometimes even families will call the special blanket or whatever the lovey. Like, so I think yeah. that, that's what I, it uh, spoke to in me, but I didn't, it's really, it's such a treat to get to hear. Her. I don't think I knew that you were also Mimi. So that's really cool. And what a cute way to have a name given to you as well. The season that we're recording in season seven here on Jumpstart Your Joy is all about finding intentional comfort. Mm. And I'm excited to dive into that with you because I feel like you're what you make and what you do, and then how you care for yourself, all those things have a lot of intentional comfort <laughs> baked in. And, and it's also striking me as I'm asking or kind of leading up to a question, but what we offer children a lot of intentional comfort, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, oh, you need a nap yeah. or you need to, you know, we're, we're encouraging self-care <laughs> constantly, yeah. but then maybe we don't offer that always to ourselves. So I don't know, maybe we could dive into that, reflect on that for a moment, or could also talk about like, how do you see intentional comfort in your life currently? Yeah. It's interesting thinking about like this idea of the intentional comfort we offer children. Mm-hmm. It was a huge shift for me as a caregiver of children to have to force. I was forced to relinquish that role and it was so, so hard. And even as like, I I was, again, like my body was like, you, you can't do this. And I was making myself sick, still trying to get up for work every day. And then I was losing the ability to walk. And my, I had horrible paresthesia in my legs and it was spreading to my hands. And I would, I refused to use any kind of mobility aid because I didn't want anyone at work to know. Yeah. So I would, and I was in Cambridge, so I'd take the bus to work and I would work all day and I was trying to sit as little as possible, but I would get to recess and I would just sit and I'd be shaking and I was so exhausted. And then I would get to the bus ride home and I was only a block away from the bus stop, but I would get off the bus and I would just, I would, some days I would collapse. And I would just be sitting on the side of the road and people, are you? And I'd be like, yep, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'd be thinking, how am I going to get home without physically crawling? Because I was so exhausted, but I couldn't stop and let myself take, I couldn't take care of myself or let Mm -hmm. myself be cared for because in my head, that wasn't who I was. Yeah. And I had to be fired (laughs) in order for that to happen. And it was a huge radical shift for me to think about shifting my entire persona to say, it's okay for me to be taken care of by other people. It's okay for me to take care of myself. And I can find joy in moments where I am in these roles, I don't have to define myself by how I take care of other people, but it didn't happen overnight. I think it took years. Um, We're talking now, this has been 12, 13 years. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing for me to reflect on. (laughs) 
Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. And I think there's something that's striking me about it, that it's for many of us, that shift from go, go, go type a, I mean, that's at least (laughs) describing myself here, like kind of all out until you get home and then you fall into bed kind of energy, at least I'm thinking of the Liz Gilbert quote about, you know, people will continue to do things until they're tired of their own bullshit. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that there's a little bit of that in there, but I also yeah. what I'm seeing and hearing is we get tired of how it is and, and that we don't have a quality of life that we're appreciating, but it's also often a longer and quieter journey to finding, you know, if we use the language of, of the season of, of finding our own comfort, but it's interesting because it usually does kind of start a little bit louder and yeah, I'm tired of this, but then the road to becoming that person that can embrace the comfort and take care of oneself and seize the value of it, I think is a much longer path. I don't, I don't know if you kind of agree with that. Yeah, I do. And, and again, like it started with this, if you will, this one bib and yeah. um, my nephew will tell you, I have the first blanket auntie ever made. And he also has maybe eight blankets on his bed that I've made because he's, he's kind of a blanket hoarder (laughs) because he's, and he'll say, well, auntie, will you make me another blanket? And like, who says no to that really? And my sister will say, you don't need an, I'll say, it's okay. I'll make him another blanket. And it's the, the joy in both my nephews have sewn with me. They love to sew with me. And I sewed with my grandmother. She taught all of us to sew. And we would, I am the oldest of her grandchildren. Mm -hmm. She passed away in November of 2019. And so it is still strange for me to think about her not being here. But we would make quilt squares with her for each new grandchild. And we would, she would pick the fabric and it was a very simple pattern. We would cut out squares and then we would piece those little squares together in a nine by nine pattern. We would pick how our little colored squares would go together. And then we would send our little squares to Graham And she would put the quilt together for the new baby. And I think that also was really, is a huge part of the business. Just this idea that every baby deserves kind of this precious gift. And that brings me comfort. This idea when I'm sewing that someone is going to get this precious gift. And her kind of legacy lives on in this business. She loved it. <laughs> she, she was very proud of that. So yeah. yeah, there's joy in that for me. Yeah. I love that very much. And there's, there's a through line there of the comfort and the joy in the business and in the legacy. And it's really, that's really beautiful. Do you want to talk more about the business and setting up at marketplaces or I feel like the shift in business since the pandemic started might be interesting. We do so much with our local community in terms of we have been at the same farmer's market, Bangor's European farmer's market on Buck Street in Bangor 
which is associated with Sunnyside Greenhouse and Ingrid's European Market, which is kind of a mouthful, but they're wonderful. And they're on Saturdays and it's year round um, because we have the greenhouse. Yeah. So it's Saturdays from 830 to 1230. And Rick and Ingrid who run the market are just lovely and they're wonderful supporters of us. And they've been running the market for over 25 years. Wow. Yeah. And so that has been a lovely home for us. And they have some really loyal customers who come out week after week. And with that, we have gained some very loyal customers who now we've seen to come and buy gifts for their second baby or grandchild, their third baby or grandchild. And that was a huge help to us in getting the business started. And we did see a dip, obviously, with the pandemic, with in-person sales. The market closed for a short time. We chose to stay home for a period of time. And Dan, my partner, both in life and business, has been going to the market as kind of our front person since the pandemic started, which has been different. We have not seen a huge change in sales, really. Our loyal customers have found ways to get a hold of us. It's one thing about small communities here in Maine, (laughs) but the shift has been, as expected, more to online sales. Um, So people have made that shift, Mm -hmm. but we are very lucky to have the community support that we have just really lovely people. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there's, there's things that happened in communities, especially early on, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) March, April of 2020, when we all kind of went, what the heck is going on here? And it felt like there were quite a few businesses that became then very creative, either like mm-hmm. you're saying, either they went all online or locally. There's one business here that I, that whatever, for whatever reason is coming to mind, but they kind of saw their place in the community as that of being of service. This one's called, um, I think it's fresh choice. It's a kid's lunch program. Like they deliver mm-hmm. lunches to schools locally, but they realized when the pandemic hit, oh, wait, we have a supply line that other people mm. don't. We have this commercial level supply line that Mm -hmm. grocery stores don't have. And they had an ordering system already online. And they're like, so we're going to just shift the entire business model here so that you could order groceries, show up, we'll put them in your trunk and you drive away. And it was like this amazing shift of, and they're local, you know, I think they've been in the San Francisco Bay area for generations, but it was like this really, I don't know, I interpret it as this deep level of how do we serve these people in a different way? Not like, how do we make the most of this situation so much? But it really felt like it came from a level of, of wanting to provide comfort in some way. I, I don't know if you also saw that then in, in the Bangor's European market, but did, you know, did that community come together in a similar way? Like they were like, no, but we're all in this together and we could support each other in this very strange time. Absolutely. It's such a close knit little family between vendors and customers. And we had 
vendors who had never sold online before working to make Facebook pages um, so that people didn't lose their supplies of fresh eggs. And <laughs> once we were able to meet together in person, we had people saying, oh my gosh, um, I've missed you so much. I can't believe we're back. And it's just, it is such a family atmosphere that it's really lovely. And you find things at this market that you just don't find anywhere else in Bangor. We have wonderful homemade baked goods. We have vendors of ethnic food. We have a um, salmon fisherman who fishes in Bristol Bay, Alaska in the summer. And then he's from Achayas, Maine, and he comes back with his frozen fish and sells during the winter. So it's just a really cool little place. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do feel like the, the pandemic made us realize and maybe rethink community. Like I know my neighbors and us were all so much closer, even like last night <laughs> we're in Northern California. I mean, like we have stable uh, levels of electricity usually, but <laughs> last night it rained and the power all went off we just finished our dinner and you know, then the texts start like, is everyone all right? Yeah. Need anything? And we had just finished and we'd made enough that we, we were going to have leftovers another night, but they're like, we don't know. We didn't finish our dinner. We're going to use the microwave tonight. And so it was like, just come over. We can make you a plate. It was a sense of like, let's take care of each other. And there has mm -hmm. been since this whole thing started that I don't know. We were all so busy before. No, not really, but <laughs> There was that idea, like we're busy, we, you know, we're, we're making a life for ourselves or what, but now it seems like that sense has gone back in a different way that we're no part of the important thing is that we're taking care of each other. And if we can't do that, what else do we really have? I, I love that shift. I'm glad they came over with their plates last night. <laughs> I feel like the piece around the community market too. I don't know if, uh, cause there's a lot of people here who listen, who are starting businesses or maybe have an idea you know, maybe they've made their proverbial first bib. <laughs> They're like, but how, yes. do I, how do I break into that space? How did you find the places that you could then sell your, all of your items? Do you have any suggestions for people who are like, they really have a product that they want to put out there. How have you gone yeah. about getting that into the hands of, of customers? That was an interesting process because at first it was honestly, like, I was like, I'm just doing this because it brings me joy. It was something that allowed me to feel useful. I felt creative again. And I was like, I'm very reluctant to sell it. So it was my mother and my sister being like surreptitious. And so my sister was like, I'm going to pay you to make a couple because a friend at work is having a baby. And so my sister did that. And then my mother was like, so-and-so's neighbors having a baby and she wants to. So it was like, and then my aunts would buy a couple. And then again, I have a huge family. My mom's second cousin would. And at first it was just like, I was selling to family and it was fine. And then my family was like, why don't you do a craft fair? And in Maine, craft fairs are like everything. So I was like, well, maybe we can do a craft fair. Okay. So we were like, what does that look like? So we were like, okay. So we looked at what 
kinds of craft fairs were going to be available. And there were so many. And we picked one out that seemed doable. And it was a terrible disaster because it was like in the middle of a field and the other products being sold, let's just say did not compete. They weren't at the same standard and there were like five customers all day. And it was, and my sister, thankfully she was there. So she was like, let's play craft fair bingo. And I was like, you're terrible, but it did make the day go by faster. So it was a learning experience and I didn't have anything to lose monetarily at that point because I was just doing it for the sake of doing it because I didn't have anything to lose. But as it became something where I was like, I think I want to do this. We were like, okay, how do we do this? We started to see that we needed to choose places that maybe didn't cost $15 for the day. So we looked at what was the buy-in, where was the location, how many days was it being offered? And we asked some questions of ourselves and of the people putting on the event. And some things didn't go well and some things did. Yeah. And having a place to be consistently helped immeasurably. establishing that presence really allowed us to, to kind of take off in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Consistency. It's the hardest thing about whatever your craft is probably, at least for me, even with podcasting, it's just interesting to me, like what the similarities there are with when I bring on someone new to start a podcast, consistency is the key. And, Mm. And some people now are arguing that it's not. But I think people know, like kind of uh, as an example of like a physical business, people know to show up at the European market on this day and Mimi's little lovies will be there. Like I know where to go to get the item. It's the same. I can't think that it would be any different with a podcast, kind of like old TV shows. We show up, (laughs) we know silver spoons, (laughs) why that one comes to me, who knows, but that's going to be on Thursdays at this time. And I'm going to watch. I think we all like that structure. There's probably a sense of comfort to that structure. Like I know where to get this thing. I know when it will be there. And it provides me a sense of this is my schedule. This is my day. This feels good. So I love that you said that. And also interesting service business, product-based business. We do have a lot of- Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there other pieces of this either around the idea of comfort and joy and how you see that play out in your life or something else here that we've kind of already talked about that you- would like to add a little more in before we get into like where people can find you and, and all those pieces. I think that we've covered a lot of the basics. Yeah. It's we've hit a lot of highlights. (laughs) We sure have (laughs) totally agree. (laughs) Well, yeah. So would you tell us, I know you've mentioned where people can find you, but would you, if, would you give us a little sense of what are the things that you offer at Mimi's Little Lovies mm-hmm. and where could someone find you if they want to buy from you? Absolutely. We've talked about the bibs, the infamous everyday bib, which I highly recommend. It's one of our best sellers. So 
In addition to that, we do a host, a, bit, a large range of baby products. We do wonderful blankets in two sizes. We do our sweet little bandana bibs. We do our crinkle teethers, which are fabulous little toys. But we also do a sweet range of gifts for home, which really started because I was sewing stuff for myself and my family. And my mom was like, why don't you sell this stuff? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So we do cloth napkins in a dinner napkin size. We do a cocktail napkin size and a coaster size. We do placemats and we do aprons. And we have a brand new website. Yay. It's been a long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's been a long time coming. We're very excited. So Mimi's little lovies.com. M I M I S the word little L I T T L E lovies l o v e y s dot com we're also on instagram and facebook it's all i tried to make it easy so that i wouldn't mess anything up it's all just mimi's little lovies yeah and i'll link up to each of those accounts in the episode notes for this so people can click right through and we'll be airing ahead of the holiday season so is there anything that you have that is special for holidays or anything that you want to promote about holiday gifts? We have some sweet fabrics for winter season and holidays. So we have some sweet winter themes and holiday bibs and napkins that are limited in quantity and fun and bring me joy when I make them. (laughs) I cannot wait to see them. Um, And I'll link up to that as well. It's been such a treat to have you on, Amy. Before we go, would you tell us three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? This is a really wonderful thing to think about. And the first thing that I think of is gather together. My family gathers at my parents' house every Friday for what we call takeout Friday. My parents, my sister's family, and my little family. And even my little five-year-old nephew, he already knows that this is about more than the food. As exciting as pizza is, he gets as excited about seeing my stepson, my 12-year-old stepson, walk through the door. And he will shriek and run to him and hug him and say, you're here, you're here. Because we have 50% custody lives with his mom 50% of the time. And so it's alternating Fridays. So it's your Friday, you're here. Because the joy of everyone being at my parents' house together is as that's what it's about. It's, you know, again, pizza is great, but it's about the gathering together. And it's wonderful for us. And maybe for you, the chaos of having your whole family together every Friday is not joyful or comforting. Maybe it's much smaller, or maybe it's about feeding birds in your backyard and gathering your flock 
but I think there's something comforting and joyful about gathering. And um, for my family, it's takeout Friday. I love that. (laughs) You know, it ties it right back into that. Like, how did you find joy as a child is the gathering is being at the farm or being at the restaurant and the delight that you all found and find in each other. Oh, such a good through line. The second thing I thought of immediately was the children's book, Miss Rumpheus by Barbara Cooney. I'm a children's book junkie. I have a large collection of them and the, I don't know if you're familiar with Miss Rumpheus. Oh, well. (laughs) Please tell me more. Miss Rumpheus's story is about spreading joy to build a better world. And Miss Rumpheus finds her joy and purpose in spreading lupins throughout the island. And so my kind of take is broader take is spread and share joy. And my Situ, my mother's mother, she was a great believer in spreading joy. Mm. And for her, this meant that when we would gather for a meal, and there's definitely a theme here about eating in my family, before anyone could eat, Situ would make up plates and they would be, she would make up her paper plates unwrap them with tinfoil and all the grandchildren would get in line. And you're taking this plate to great aunt Janet. You're taking this plate to hope. You're taking this plate to uncle jumpy. You're taking this plate to aunt Tecla. And we would disperse in the neighborhood and we would go and this plate might get left on a porch. This plate, you would know you'd have to hand deliver to someone. And this plate, you'd know you'd have to sit and listen for a while and talk to someone. And you'd have to do that and you'd come back and then you'd eat. And again, maybe your spreading or sharing of joy isn't like that, but maybe it's planting flowers like Miss Rumpheus, or maybe it is when you bake cupcakes, you take one to the neighbor who's a shut-in. But I think that the recipient feels that joy. And because that's how I grew up, I always feel joy when I spread it. And I think the world is a better place because of it, but maybe (laughs) I'm a big sap. The visual too, of each of those, you all going out with these plates. I even love the names. Like I can almost see hope. And I don't know if you said uncle jumpy, but like (laughs) these people are amazing. Like they're alive now in my head. And to know that there's a community around you is such a great thing to share with a child or like show them like, no, there's people here. We care about them. They care about you. We're not alone. And it's a choice also to go out and find those people. Yes. Mm, So good. And the last thing I thought of was that patience and kindness. When I am out in the world, it's difficult for me. I am slow. I am easy to look past in some ways, but I am also easy to... I often cause people frustration, shall we say, and my day is better when people choose patience and kindness, and I feel better, and my day is more joyous when I choose patience and kindness with those people who don't choose patience and kindness with me, Mm -hmm. and so those are my nuggets of joy, and 
this was joyful, just a wonderful time. And I'm very appreciative. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you so much, Amy. This has really been a treat and it's been an honor to have you on and share your story. Thank you so much for all the joy that you're putting out. Um, oh, thank you. As a, as a person and with Mimi's little lovies. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Paula. Amy, thank you so very much for being on the show. It has been a total delight to get to hear your story. And I know that your story will speak to so many other people, whether they are starting a business or maybe they're figuring out what to do next after a difficult year or a difficult time. And so I really am so deeply grateful that you are sharing your story in the way that you do and that you're creating so many beautiful things for other people to delight in. If you want to find out more about Amy and Mimi's Little Lovies, you can find the links to her website in the show notes for this episode on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 298. Or if you just tap through in your podcasting app, you'll see them right there and you can actually just jump right to her site right now if you want. <laughs> you could also follow Amy on Instagram where she posts about some of the things that she's offering and what they're bringing to the market each week. And that's a lot of fun as well. So as we close out this episode, a couple of other little things. Of course, if you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And while you're there, there are a couple of great things that you could do. One, you can purchase my book, which is Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle. That came out this year, and it really is a beautiful book that I wrote. And I am excited that even just this last month, I released an ebook version. So that means if you want to download it and read it on your Kindle or your other e-reader, it's available now there too on the website. Uh, I also highly encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. It's a lot of fun to create each week because I get to tell you about the new episodes that are coming out and you'll get five other little joyful things that you can delight in during the week. Maybe something I'm reading, maybe some music I'm listening to, maybe something delightful that I found. I love sharing them with you, so I hope you will sign up and keep in touch that way. Next week on the show, I am so totally delighted to have Andrea Share joining me. And of course, she is well known for her Creative Superheroes podcast, which is one of my favorites to listen to. And she's releasing her very first book called Wonder Seekers, which we're going to talk about. I cannot wait to share this because I love Andrea. She's been on before. I hope you all will come back for that conversation. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. 